When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to a brand new edition of Embrace Debate, a Carolina Panthers podcast on the Keep Counting Podcast Network, powered by the Fans First Sports Network. We are finally in the 2023 NFL season. I'm your host, Desmond Johnson, joined by Cody Lashney from the Carolina Cat Chronicles and Marty Fetty from uh, the Four Man Rush. If you want to participate in the debate, you can do so. Just uh, type into the comments here at youtube.com forward slash at Tobacco Road Sports Radio or on the Tobacco Road Sports Radio or Keep Pounding Podcast Network Facebook watch pages. You can comment there or any place you're watching this. If it's on Facebook or YouTube, you can comment in there and uh, leave your comments like Leon Murray doing here. Uh, There's a little bit of a line waiting for us to come on. We didn't come on last week. Got to apologize for that. Uh, We'll be with you throughout the week. We kind of wanted to wait for the season to start before we uh, kick back up again. So, Appreciate everybody stopping by and supporting the show, supporting the podcast. Fellas, how y'all doing this morning? Doing good, man. I mean, listen, everybody's already fighting on Twitter. Uh, I figure I might uh, come on the show and just uh, <laughs> use my words and smack money around a little bit since Panthers. everybody's so fired up, you know? Oh, Panthers Twitter is wilding out this week. Uh, Monty, what's yeah. going on, brother? How you doing, man? And apparently everybody wants to smack us around on Twitter. I saw I stopped by the four man rushes uh pod like I think it was Sunday night and I caught Monty like just raw, like he just was going in oh, dude. like oh, everything. <laughs> I was oh I was oh bro, I was I was ill. Oh man, I was hot. Yeah, it, oh, it, it was, it, and I've calmed down since then. Yeah, that's after what, the loss, that's what I met. That's what I messaged. I was like, "This is kind of why I was waiting a little bit after this." Is, see, this is why oh, we yeah. leave the Panthers on Tuesdays because, like, I'll make the mistake of getting on Facebook right after a Panther game, and I get sucked into the emotions of these Panther groups. Yeah, and I feel like I'm having to defend, every, like I'm Superman. I'm having to defend the whole city of Metropolis because all these people are yelling at the Panthers for just nitpicking stuff, really, and. We learned a long time ago that we can't do a, like a, a reaction show right after because it won't sound right two days later. So we yeah. wait till Tuesday where everything's calmed down. Everybody's gotten their emotional shows out and everything. And then we come on Tuesday with this is what happened. <laughs> this is how we felt. This is what's going to happen going forward. Yeah. So it feels a little better. Now, I'm glad we do this on Thursdays because both of you guys can get a little emotional on Twitter. Both of you guys can get. Get pretty <laughs> no, come on, not me. No, no, don't even know what you're talking about, Des. No, yeah, bro, you, you got me mistaken. <laughs> so, if you guys want to uh check in on the show, if you want to give a comment or even a topic, uh, we're here probably till about the top of the hour. Uh, if, you, if you're not here, you can catch it during your lunch break sometime later on today. But, um, we got, we got some folks up in here already, so we're, we're gonna go ahead and get started. And before we get into the Panther stuff. Uh, of course, we got to get to um, the the main story, basically, in the NFL this week and really going to be for the rest of the season. And that's uh, quarterback Aaron Rodgers for the New York Jets. I was actually doing a high school football coaches show in Greensboro while that game was on. So it was on at the bar. 
and actually saw what was going on as it happened. And I, when they showed the the close up of it, I, I, my immediate thought was Kobe Bryant. That was my first thought when he when he tore his Achilles or whatever, because people were like, "Well, can you walk on a torn Achilles?" And I'm like, Kobe walked to the foul line and shot two free throws, and then walked yeah. back to the bench with a torn Achilles. Like you can walk on it, you just can't do anything else. Yeah. Um, and I, I was like, that's not an ankle. Um, he's 39. I'm trying to remember the rehab time for, I think it's like 12 to 18 months for an Achilles or something crazy. Cause Kevin Durant was gone for Kevin Durant missed like almost two years. It feels like, uh, when he tore his and he tore his in June of 2019, he, he didn't play the next year. The next season was the bubble. So he didn't go to that. So he didn't really play again until 2022. Wow. I think that's right. So have we seen the last of Aaron Rodgers? He'd be 41 years old. The rehab is a grind. Uh, Cody, let's start off with you. Do you think Aaron Rodgers has played his last snap in the NFL? Uh, I think it depends on how Zach Wilson looks this year. Mm. Like, I mean, they only have him for two years. If Zach Wilson does take a step forward this year and and plays well, I mean, you might say that it's kind of hard to mess up that chemistry once you've got a good thing going. Um, I mean, I don't know. Aaron Rodgers, he doesn't have like a wife and kids or anything. So a lot of guys, they're wanting to be with their family at this point. But it doesn't necessarily seem like the same thing for him. I don't feel like he wants to go out the way he did. I think you'll probably see him again. Uh, I don't know. It sucks, man. I wasn't pulling for the Jets. You know, obviously, I have, I have no connection to that team at all whatsoever. But, uh, you know, the NFL is at its best when the quarterbacks are playing and they're healthy. And it was such a big conversation point. So um, it's definitely disappointing, but to me, it's entirely dependent uh, upon what Zach Wilson does this year. Everybody says that Aaron Rodgers kind of took him under his wing. Uh, maybe that'll do something for Zach's growth. Maybe he grew a little bit uh, as a player. And um, yeah, we'll see what happens, man. Monty, your thoughts on this? Um, again, Aaron Rodgers is 39. It happened at the beginning of the year instead of like week 11 or whatnot. So he can, you know, they could start rehab immediately if he wants. He put out an Instagram post yesterday. It sounds like he's going to try to come back. But, of course, it's Aaron Rodgers, so it's kind of vague. Um, do you do you think we've seen the last of Aaron Rodgers in the NFL? Uh, I, You know, I hope not. You know, it's like you said, I mean, like Cody just said, man, it's, the NFL is best when you got the best quarterbacks in the league playing. Um, you know, and Aaron Rodgers hasn't looked to show he's, he's had any, you know, any – you know, fall off from his game at all. Um, I think it really just depends on how se how severe the injury was and how aggressive he is about hitting rehab. You know, I think that's kind of the biggest thing. Um, you know, the age thing, the age factor is kind of, you know, will play a factor. I think that doesn't play in his favor. Um, you know, like Dante ja uh, was ja – Jackson just came off of an Achilles injury as well. And, you know, people thought he was going to be out for a full year and he's back and, you know, he looks to be fully healthy. So I, I think it really just depends on how aggressive you are you know, in your rehab and, you know, and really just <laughs> how severe the injury is. I hope he comes back. You know, I definitely – and this is coming from a guy that's not the biggest Aaron Rodgers fan. But, you know, you never want to see a guy go out that way, um, especially the first game of the season, man. It sucks. Um, you know, I, the timetable is there for him. You know, like you say, he'll have all this year to uh, prepare um, for the top of next season. So I, I really do hope that, you know, that he gets well. But, yeah, I, I think – Depending on, and there's going to be a place for him. You know, if Aaron Rodgers comes back and he's healthy, there's going to be a team that picks him up. So I don't know if Wilson's success is going to be is going to matter because you know if the Jets move on from him, there's going to be a team that's going to take you know take a flyer on Aaron Rodgers. I just you know I, I hope he he come back and you know and, and stay healthy. You know that's the big thing there. Oh, shout out to um, 
for and you guys know I have affiliation with North Carolina A and T. Um, shout out to former Aggie Tariq Cohen who signed with the Panthers. Uh, he missed two years from an Achilles injury, uh, according to King Rook. He had more than Achilles. I think he tore his ACL and and something else too. Like was yeah, Tariq, yeah, Tariq was beat up. Yeah, know, yeah, he had a bunch of injuries. Uh, yeah, but it had, he's been gone for about two years. Uh, he did sign to the practice squad with the Panthers uh, this week, and they sound pretty excited about having him. And to be honest, I would expect to see him with around the week three or four uh, be mixed in somehow into this offense. Uh, and by all accounts, it sounds like Tariq has said that he feels like he might be better than he was last time we saw him. So then again, Tariq Cohen is in his 20s. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is 39. Uh, it's a little bit of a different rehab than – um, than what Tariq went through. I, I guess it just kind of depends on Aaron. Because um, people, uh, he was about 90% retired <laughs> before uh, we got to this season. Remember, like he was kind of, it seemed like he was more retired than not. And then he finally got the trade to the Jets and that kind of rejuvenated him. But, um, I, you know, it, it's, uh, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, but we had to start off with Aaron uh, and the Jets. Zach Wilson, uh, Robert Salaf said, uh, I think it was this morning or yesterday, People forget the Jets were five and one with Zach Wilson last year before uh, they had a bunch of injuries and uh, the kind of the bottom fell out. So maybe, <laughs> maybe, I, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, let, let's get over to the, the Panthers. Of course, the Panthers lose 24 to 10 to the Atlanta Falcons this past Sunday. Should the Panthers fan base panic after the week one loss of the Falcons? Uh, Monty, I'll let you go first on that one. No, I mean, it's, it's week one. Uh, I When you go back and look at the film, I think, you know, there's a lot of things to be excited about still. There's, of course, you know, there's always going to, and coming from a guy, like you just said, I, I was going off, you know, the, the very next day after a loss. So like, like no from conscious, that, just, just stream of conscious freestyle and just, you just oh, it all out. <laughs> oh, dude, I was, I was wired to say the least. Yeah, I, <laughs> you know, I, I was not happy. <laughs> but yeah, man, I, I, it's week one. You know, Bryce didn't play terrible. Uh, there's a lot of things that that does need to be corrected there. But you know, a lot of things, and I'll say this: a lot of things that we were going into the season concerned about, looking at the film, we, you know, they it we, it didn't show its head. You know, offensive line played real well uh, Sunday. You know, and that's the thing I feel like we don't talk about as well. We were concerned about running back depth. Running backs played well Sunday. Um, you know, the defense played well for the majority of the game. And again, Brian Burns and Derek Brown were, were, were feasting all game. So you know, there's a lot of things to be excited about. Um, I want to see how we bounce back. You know, I'll, I'm probably more nervous about playing on Monday than I am about, uh, you know, being panicked about the, the rest of the season. So, yeah, it's, it's a little too early to hit the, hit the panic button. Um, but, again, you know, that can ta- that can change in a matter of weeks as well. So, Go to your thoughts on this. Uh, it's only one game. Um, we saw a couple things that we were a little alarmed about, but I think it was a couple things we saw that we felt pretty good about, too. Should the Panther fan base be in panic stage uh, after this loss to the Falcons? Des, I'm not hitting the panic button, but I am hitting the concern button, and I think y'all should be, too. I mean, listen, you know, we've been talking about these receivers a lot and what kind of receiving core we actually have. But if anybody follows JT O'Sullivan on Twitter of the QB school, that guy cannot stop roasting not only the Panthers receiving core, but Adam Thielen in particular. Basically just saying that we have no speed. We don't have the, the, the type of receivers that can stretch the top of defenses. And, I mean, basically we're talking about DJ Chark. How much did you depend on him coming back to this offense and being able to rejuvenate our downfield passing attack? You know, maybe Bryce and Jonathan Mingo can get more on rhythm. 
But even though that offensive line looked well, like Monty said, now it's been reported that Brady Christensen is on season-ending IR with a bicep injury, man. Like, losing your starting, your starting offensive lineman is never a good thing, man. Um, they held up well early in the game, but I, I, I don't know, man. It, it's hard for me to not be concerned about what I saw. I do think there was a lot of errors that if we clean up, this offense can look more dynamic. But I, I, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm questioning if we have the firepower uh, around Bryce and if we can even stay healthy protecting him at that. I, you know, I'm glad we waited a couple of days because I went. I waited a couple of days before I even rewatched the replay, uh, the the highlight package the NFL puts out for each game on YouTube mm-hmm. uh, each week. Went back and watched that, and um, it reminded me. I kind of forgot about the ebb and flow of the game. Like if you just look at the box score and you see the total, the final 24 10, it's like, oh, the Panthers lost by two touchdowns. That's not exactly how it went down. It was 10 10 at the start of the fourth quarter. Uh, the Panthers right. had a 10 7 lead in the third quarter. It was kind of a rock fight. Uh, the defense pretty much held Desmond Ritter in check for the majority of the game. Um, the dude had like 24 yards or something passing at halftime. Like, I mean, it yeah, was- I, I posted that on Twitter. It's like, dude had 24 yards going. And I, and I think he only had like 40 yards going into the fourth. You know yeah. Mean? Like, I mean, like they were doing their thing there. And that was with us down our starting number one cornerback, like early, like, because Horn went down like early in the first. So we were, we were back there with CJ Henderson and Dante Jackson and, and folks. Uh, I don't even remember Jeremy Chin's name being called out <laughs> during the broadcast. Like, I don't no. feel like he was a ghost uh, on Sunday. Um, so, Looking back on it, and then the thing that brought it home for me, there's a meme out there of Bryce Young's uh, pass completion selection, uh, like a chart. Like it shows you where he was throwing it to, and all of it except for like two passes was within like 10 yards of the line of scrimmage or something like that. That is by design. That is not by scheme. That is that is Frank Wright trying to get his quarterback comfortable throwing throws in the NFL. And we saw what happened when he just had it at that level where – he got fooled twice, you know, by, by designs he had never seen before. You know, NFL exotic secondary coverages. Jesse uh, Jesse Bates basically just playing robber on him, and he's not used to that. Yeah. That's all it is. I mean, it was just Frank Wright basically easing his rookie quarterback into the NFL. I, I'm pretty sure they're going to open it up even more as the season goes along. I mean, if people think that they're just going to let the number one overall pick and Heisman Trophy winner just throw a little 10-yard outs <laughs> like all year, that didn't sound like the plan. But – I understand, Desmond, why fans don't want to hear that because we've been told because we've been told all throughout preseason that all of our offense was very vanilla because we were saving all of our stuff for Atlanta and New Orleans that we had two division games to come up. So now when your offense doesn't look dynamic, it makes people question, Okay, well, should we have done? More, uh, pre- more preparation during the preseason. Ah, but see, Frank Wright didn't say the offense was going to be dynamic. He just said they weren't running their regular stuff. I think that's where the fan base went that way. They thought they were going to see 99 loss, uh, uh, St. Louis Rams on uh, Sunday, and that's not what the plan was ever going to be. <laughs> like, I feel but, like but, they were going to be ball and not turn it over, and they turned it over three times, and that was right. the, that was the reason why they lost. I mean, But when they put out the notion that they're saving things and holding things back, for the regular season, you you can't kind of blame fans for them taking it to the next level of assuming, oh, well, this offense is going to be way different than what we're seeing in the preseason. It's almost like that's an inevitable conclusion that people are going to jump to, whether it's fair or not. So, well, but it was different. Like, if you look at, like, for starters, we the offensive line was maligned during the preseason, that we had the worst offensive line of football. 
they kept him pretty clean. Uh, they actually were blocking their assignments yeah. and doing what we thought they were going to do on Sunday. So that was he a- had the fourth most time of any quarterback behind the pocket. Yeah, I mean, and they had time of possession. They won by over ten minutes over Atlanta. Like they won the rushing game, they won the passing game, they won uh, time of possession, they won everything yeah. except for turnovers. And like I feel like if those turnovers didn't happen, Carolina probably wins like seventeen to seven or something to that effect. And half these conversations we've had all week don't happen. Like we don't even. Are yeah, really I, I mad could, about them, you know, and that's I, what agree. I, I, I agree, man. Because I, I think when you look at the turnover, especially you know when they happen, you know the turnover and where, uh, and where and, they happen on the field, like, right? Exactly. It's like the first, the very first interception happened. You know, we're, we're on the opposite side of the fifty, and it, it's a short field for Atlanta. You know, the, uh, then you have the turnover with um, guys with uh, Sanders, and we're driving the ball downfield. I mean, and, and I, I'll be honest, I'll even count the fourth and one where we don't confer as a turnover. Oh, the fourth one. Yep, I count the same thing because if you take if you take the field goal, it's a different again. It's a different game, you know. And I feel like because you know we all know football is a momentum game. It's a completely different game going into halftime at thirteen ten versus you know a tie game at 10-10-10. and you know and and they're still in the game. I mean, and it's still it still would be a field goal game, but I feel like the momentum would have been a lot different. You know, I, I I feel like we we did we did a lot of things that we didn't ex- execute on. But again, this week one, I feel like there's a lot of if you look just look around the league, you know, just the temperature around the league. There's a lot of elite offenses that just stalled out week one. Cincinnati being, I'm looking right at Cincinnati, this one yeah. team. <laughs> Philly, uh, also I'm looking at Philly. You know, you talking mm-hmm. about two two elite offenses there that just didn't play well. And again, I'm not calling saying we're the next Cincinnati or Philly, but you know, I, I don't think that. I'm not as, as concerned as other, especially when you look at the film. Now, there's a lot of things that Bryce did well that, I mean, he threw the ball well. He made great decisions. And, bro, we ran the ball. Like, I mean, like, I yeah. know we were talking, we were concerned about not being able to run the ball. Me being one of the biggest, uh, you know, people that was concerned about it. And we ran the ball well. Chuba ran the ball well. Sanders ran the ball well besides the fumble. So, I mean, I, I think by here, by week three, if we see a lot of the same things, then I'm with Cody start, uh, starting to be concerned. But it's still early, man. We're, we're talking about one game down. We just got temper expectations because we got to remember, as as much as we've talked about Bryce Young, and, I, and this is what I blame a lot of it on, the media, the Panthers media, basically hyping up Bryce Young as if he's perfect. Like, we didn't really anything bad about Bryce Young during preseason, you know? So when he comes out and he throws two interceptions in game one, it's jarring to all of us because we've been – force fed with a baby spoon that Bryce Young can do pretty much anything he sets his mind to. And I think that's what set us back when it was that if you look at it, Bryce Young kind of lost his game. <laughs> he lost his game for I mean the two interceptions yeah. they're literally the same throw to the same guy. Like yeah you can't do that. Like ask Josh Allen. Josh Allen threw three picks to the same dude <laughs> in the same night. That that takes talent to find that same guy and throw it to him three different times over the course of a game and he's not in your uniform. Um he I don't know we We'll uh, let's move on to the next topic here. Uh, and it has to do with the front office uh, adding on to that level of panic based on what you've seen. Um, does Panthers general manager Scott Fitter, does he deserve to be on the hot seat as we go into week two? Cody? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It, it, it's, to the, it, it, it's to the point now. And again, I'm not judging it based off of Atlanta. I'm saying if at the end of this season, the Panthers aren't a better team than they were last year. It's like, I don't know how long you can continue to give him the Matt Rule excuse, right? Matt Rule had roster control for two years. So, you know, Federer never did anything. The fact of the matter is the, the roster that we've had for the past three years has been built by Scott Federer. You look at the fact that Stefan Gilmore, we decided to let him go. Uh, we decided to let Hassan Reddick go. 
even though he was an incredible player, balled out here in Carolina. But now, and I know this is a whole nother question that we'll get to, but this Brian Burns situation is the dumbest thing I can remember as a Panther fan talking about a GM in a long time, man. Yep. Like now this guy is going to be even more expensive next year. To me, it's just dumb, man. Like I'm tired of giving Federer uh, all this leeway of, oh, well, we don't really know what he's capable of. If you haven't been impressed with the last three drafts or, you know, the depth that we have on the roster, at some point, you have to look at the guy whose job it is who gets paid to build this roster. Um, if we don't take a meaningful step forward at some point this year, yeah, I think his job has to be on the line. I really do. See, here's my problem with it before I let you hop in here, Monty, because we don't know exactly who's playing what role uh, in the locker room. We do know Fitter has more control over the roster in terms of addition than subtraction, but money-wise, I'm not sure how much control he has over that. Uh, I know he's in there. I know he's discussing it, negotiating. He's the lead negotiating guy. But there's other uh, there's other aspects to it that um, that we might not know. Like in terms, we'll get to Burns in just a bit, but. I, there's so many guys that were drafted over the past three years. They're still kind of sprinkled into key parts here. Like Scott Fitter was a part of uh, that 2021 class. He was here in 2021, was he not? Because he went here the first year of rule. Yeah. Got here the second. Right. Right. So like guys like Derek Brown, Jeremy Chen, that first draft, that was still Marty Herney and yeah. uh, and yeah. uh, uh, rule. But after 2021 onward, yeah, it was Scott Fitter. And really, this past year seems like the one draft where he didn't have to like double check with Matt Rule. Can he get this guy? Can he get that guy? So. That's still kind of out there. I think Fitter's probably going to be safe, um, regardless what happens. Because again, it's a rookie quarterback. Even though we didn't, we weren't the worst team in the league last year. It, we're still rebuilding as if we were one of the worst teams in the league. So I've tempered my expectations considerably, uh, just knowing that it's going to be a long year with a rookie quarterback, regardless of how good he is. Cam went six and ten, I think, his first year, and then seven yeah. and nine or seven whatever nine the next year. It takes some time, and Cam. Three for 400 yards his first two games, <laughs> you know, like, so it's, it's just a different feeling. Uh, Monty, your thoughts on this um, to the Panthers, general manager, Scott Fitter, Biddy, should he be on the hot seat? Yeah, no, should, should the seat be a little warm? Yeah, but lukewarm, maybe, uh, you know, I, 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 again, I agree. You know, we don't really know where they'll never really, dis, uh, you know, disclose to the public what his role was while rule was here. And I think, like you said, there's still a lot of players that while while him and Rule was paired together that are still sprinkled on this uh, roster that are making, you know, serious, like serious contrib uh, you know, contributions to the roster. You know, one of which, like you said, us losing uh, Christensen is huge. You know, he was one of the better offensive linemen that we had here. And that's your boy, uh, Cody. So, I mean, you, you can't knock him yeah. for that, you know. And then you also got, like I said, Chuba's been playing well. So, I mean, there are still players that, you know, that he – that if we're going to say – it's 50-50 or it's 100% Scott Fitterer because he was the GM here. If we're still going to blame him for the bad moves, you got to look at some of the great moves that he's made as well. Um, I do agree with Cody on the Brian Burns thing, though, man. It was like, dude, if one way to, to kind of beat those allegations is pay the your best players that you have on the roster. And we don't even have a real alternative for not paying Brian Burns. That's kind of my, where my frustration lies. It yeah. is, like you let Reddit go. 
you did I mean Brady arguably was the better player and now here you have Brian Burns is here and you're trying to be cheap with playing Brian Burns like that's not a good look man especially when you have a lot of bad moves tied to you like trading for Sam Darnold you know I feel like that's the biggest biggest you know black eye he has on his his re- uh, record as a D Baker Mayfield yeah, yeah, Baker, right, right. And, so, and really, it's, it's, it's sit, man. I, I, I'm leaning with Cody. Just it, they are going to have to crank up the heat under him a little bit, man. Just because you go from Cam Newton, well, he didn't, he didn't have nothing to do with Cam Newton. But in one year, you go from Teddy Bridgewater to Sam Darnold to Baker Mayfield to PJ Walker back to Sam Darnold. That's it's no matter no matter how you try to phrase it, even with context included, it's that's a bad look, man. So now you have Brian Burns and y'all are being cheap with Brian Burns. You just traded Christian McCaffrey and DJ Moore. It's he's he's going to have. I agree. By next season, he's going to have to. This roster is going to have to be a lot better. The team is going to have to be a lot. Like I can't look at another seven and you know seven to nine season or you know, a seven eight and one season will have you and then be like, okay, well. You know, <laughs> fitter should get a free a free pass. I just don't. I don't agree with that. I can't blame him for the quarterbacks, the ones he just rattled off, because Rule was here for all of them, and Rule was still the final decision maker on the roster at that point. So I, I can't blame Fitter for the. I mean, he went out and found quarterbacks, but it was still Rule that was like, okay, yeah, I'm gonna rejuvenate Sam Darnold's career or whatever <laughs> Matt Rule thought he was gonna do. The other stuff past that, really, I look at it from the the moment Rule left, because Fitter had a hand in picking Frank Wright, so like he got elevated to like basically David Tepper's number two guy for the most part. And because of that, I feel like he'll get at least another year after this, regardless of what happens this year, because it's a whole new staff, whole new roster, pretty much brand new quarterback. Like they basically started brand new. So to throw them out after 12 months when you're like, Hey, we're going to redo this and then throw them out to me, that would show even more impatience on David Tepper's part. So I don't think that, I don't think he's on a hot seat. Um, I think that he's getting more scrutiny than he used to because now Matt Rule's not here to take those targets, uh, and they're throwing it at him, and event- and they're gonna, they're already starting to throw him at Frank Wright a little bit too after one game. <laughs> so we'll see uh, how that goes. Uh, speaking of Brian Burns, let's get to him real quick. Should the Panthers sign Brian Burns to a similar contract as 49ers defensive end Nick Bosa? Bosa's gonna make I think it's 34 million per or something to that effect. And the before when we were talking about this, the season hadn't started. We were thinking. You know, maybe 25, 26, 27 for uh for Burns, where maybe Burns' camp has been like, hey, we if you look at our stats side by side, we and you take the names off, you can't tell which one is Bosa and which one is Brian Burns. Maybe we should be getting that kind of money too. And the Panthers have put themselves in a position where they can't really debate that because of what you just said, money. They traded off McCaffrey, they traded off DJ Moore, they cleared cap space by doing that. They didn't sign Hassan Reddick or Stefan Gilmore. And the reason was they had Derek Brown and Brian Burns coming up that they needed to sign. <laughs> so, like, if that's the reason, why why is he not still signed? Um, Cody, I'm I'm just gonna let y'all empty the clip on this one because I know y'all been mad about <laughs> about the situation on Twitter for like weeks, and now it's got to a point where it looks like Burns is just gonna play this season and they might not even extend him during the season. This might be something that takes until the next offseason. So the floor is yours, Cody. I'll let you start off. This is the reason why I'm turning the heat up on Federer so much. Not only did you turn down two first-round picks and a second-round pick last year for Brian Burns, but you have essentially told this man, "All right, hey, we turned down that amount. We're gonna, you're gonna be our guy. You're gonna be our defensive cornerstone forever. You're gonna be our guy going forward." And then you're low-balling the best player on your team 
Desmond, I cannot understand for the life of me why so many Panther fans are counting pennies as much as they do. Like the salary cap isn't a myth anyway. It's not That's right. I said it. It is. It's a myth. It's an absolute myth. And I don't understand for the life of me why so many Panther fans are concerned about four or five extra million dollars a year. Like right. the salary cap goes up every year. The TV deals go up every year. The amount of money that is going to these NFL teams goes up every single year. More importantly, Brian Burns is never going to be more valuable than yeah. he is right now. He he's 25, he's yeah. 25 years old, balling out. Every single year that he's been here, he's gotten better and better year after year. You know, it, it, this is his time to get as much money as possible. Every single thing that the Carolina Panthers have done in the build-up to this situation has been the wrong move. I think Federer has handled this absolutely terribly. And, yeah, they need to pay the man. And I frankly think that fans need to stop complaining about what the dollar amount is going to be. You have a rookie quarterback on a rookie contract. Yep. Now I mean, is when you do these types of things. That's yep. how San Francisco was able to sign Bosa to this deal because Brock Purdy is the starting quarterback. He's the seventh round pick. And I mean, they're not paying, they're paying him pennies as opposed to they got 40 million extra dollars laying around because they don't have to pay 40 million dollars to a, a quarterback uh, that's starting that we're in that window. Now we're in that five year window. Now with Bryce get all these dudes locked in because if you wait longer, you're talking about paying burn something astronomical for a defensive end like um like i said bosa's getting 34 that's tops ever money could burns end up getting more like are we heading to a situation where he might get more than bosa do you think burns's camp is that's the argument and that's why they have not signed because he's always been arguing for more than bosa yeah well apparently they have the same agent bosa and brian burns so um oh so my. you can, you can <laughs> absolutely absolutely make the argument that i mean they would want more but in my opinion if if Fitter takes it to next season, that's a fireable offense, in my opinion. Because, you know, if you were wanting to be cheap with Brian Burns, you should have paid him last year. Yep. If you were wanting Max, if you were wanting Max Crosby type of money for Brian Burns, you should have paid him last year. So, the, so again, like Cody said, you know, if us, us arguing about 4 or $5 million for an elite-level player that you don't even have an alternative to replace if you don't pay him is silly. You know, like again, there's no, there's nobody walking in that door that's going to be cheaper or better than Brian Burns at this point. No, I mean, this is from either from free agency because there's because there's no free agent uh, pass rusher that's going to hit the market right now, anyway, and, or even next year. It's like even if you look at the free agent market yes year, next year, Brian Burns is at the top of that free agent market list. You know, so it's like there's nobody going to be cheaper or better than Brian Burns walking through that door, and likely you're not going to replace him during the, uh, during the draft next year. So what's your alternative for not paying Burns? Mm-hmm. And, and that's and that's kind of where I'm at with it. You know, there's there's really no reason to have not have this this deal as in other than they're just trying to play chicken with Brian Burns. And Burns has all the leverage. Like, again, you traded your two best offensive players to free up cap and to get your uh, quarterback. For, and this is what's, what's the beat, why I got so mad this past weekend. This is the most frustrating thing about it. Fitter has been on record saying you draft a quarterback to so for so you can pay your players money, so right. you can go get talent, and so you can pay these guys. They literally so, said it. <laughs> this is this is the logic that you've been laying out this entire time, and here we are to pay your best player, and you're not paying them. It makes See, no sense. And, and something is going on that we don't know about. Like you and, know what I mean? Because everything you just said, like, there's something. 
Go ahead, bro. I'm sorry. I was just going to say, there's just got to be something that's happening backstage that we aren't privy to that's holding this up because everything both of you just said makes too much sense. Like there has to be something, whether it's the length of the contract, whether it's the total amount, whether it's the guaranteed money, there's some sticking point, especially after Bosa signed. Cause I figured after Bosa signed, it was only a matter of time before they right. got, cause the, cause they, they knew the parameters of what they wanted it, whether they were waiting for Bosa to sign. So they knew where to slot in or they were waiting for Bosa to sign. So they knew I didn't realize he had the same agent as Bosa, which means that maybe that agent was like, let me get Bosa's money first. And then we'll we'll take care of, of you. Um, again, though, if you look at their stats from when they first came into the league side by side, Burns is, Burns might be the better player, and Burns actually defends. Like Burns will go out and cover routes. Uh, Bosa doesn't really do that. He's more of a sack guy. Burns is more of the all around end. Um, he may very well be the best defensive end in football. You know, like or he might be by the time the season is over. And if that's the problem. Yeah. Or if that's the case, Carolina's well, a bigger problem on their hands uh, than just trying to penny pinch and save a couple of dollars if that's what, in fact what they're doing. So, well, and we knew this offseason how big the switch was that we were making to a three-four defense. We kind of did it under Ron Rivera half-heartedly, but this is a full transition to a three-four defense, and you're not going to have Brian Burns. Like it, it's so dumb to me because they knew that Brian was going to ask for as much money possible. If they ever thought that he was going to take some home count discount, that's pure ignorance to ever think that that's what they would do. It's like I just said, whenever you have the opportunity, as David Gettleman would say, your first kick of the can, you you know, you're you're trying to get as much money possible because that is your time to get paid. NFL stands for not for long. So they knew this. They knew what Brian Burns would be asking for around the ballpark. Still turned down two first round picks. This is why I'm 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 almost all but out on Fitterer, man. This has been malpractice to me. It's so dumb. And yeah, Desmond, you're right. He could very well be the best outside linebacker in football by the time this season is said and done. It's him and Parsons, right? I would think. I, I mean, that's the conversation you'd have to have. Um, and Parsons is up next uh, next year, even if they keep Burns. He's got leverage, but the Panthers don't have to necessarily have him walk for nothing. They can franchise tag him next year. But if you're doing that, at that point, you're taking the top five average salaries at DE. Bosa just reset the market. You're still going to be paying all like of 20, that to not twenty-eight million. Like, you know exactly. Like because if you ta- if you tag him, you're still going to have the you're still paying him you know top dollar for a year. All and that's of that. Ex- then to then just extend them if that's the point. You know that's what I'm saying. None of it makes sense. It, it was like because if you franchise tag them again, that's my pri- It's it's a fireable offense to not extend Brian Burns in my opinion. You know it's like it really is because it's like dude at this point because everything that you've done, all the bricks that you laid down has been to pay not only Brian Burns but Derek Brown. Those are your two top players on your defense. Those are your two top players on the team right now. Yeah. You know there's I feel like those are the two best players that you have on the team. So not paying them to for. After you've already said, hey, that's what we draft a quarterback for is malpractice. I, I totally agree with Cody. I, I feel like something – I don't know if they're going to get a deal done this season, especially now after Burns has said he's here, he's going to play all year. That kind of takes the the, pedal, the the foot off the pedal a little bit. Like the urgency, I think, got lifted when he just basically said, I'm going to play. Because he is signed. He's getting paid $16 million this year. So it's not like he's paying for pennies or anything right now. Um, but it could drop at any time. So I don't – I don't want to go into it thinking that the Panthers are trying to lowball Brian Burns. It feels like they're just trying to figure out a way to pay him where they still have money left over to do other things because they are still rebuilding this team. And the one thing I've learned from watching that Atlanta game 
the biggest problem this team is going to have all year is depth. We don't have enough depth like across the board to, to sustain injuries like we've sustained already. Like, I mean, we just went out to battle first week and we've already lost starting offensive linemen, our top cornerback. Uh, one of the wide receivers that we thought was going to be here couldn't even get on the field on uh, Sunday. Like we're already starting to see holes in the depth and that's going to be the biggest issue for this team. So let them, let them cook. That's how I feel right now. Just let them, it's week one. It's only been seven days. <laughs> the Panthers play Atlanta. I mean, not Atlanta, excuse me, the Saints Monday night football, seven o'clock uh, ESPN uh, this upcoming Monday. Uh, we got to get out of here. Follow the keep pounding podcast network on Facebook, Twitter, at keep pounding underscore FFSN and at tobacco radio uh, subscribe to tobacco road sports radio's YouTube channel for more uh, embrace debate and uh, Panthers content. If you live in the triad of North Carolina, where you're home for sports coverage uh, here in the Greensboro high point, Winston Salem area, follow fans first sports network on Twitter at fans first underscore SN uh, for Cody and Monty. I'm Des. We'll be back next Thursday with uh, another brand new episode of Embrace Debate. Hopefully, we'll be celebrating a victory Thursday. So uh, we'll see you then. Keep pounding. Keep pounding.